I have one of those uh, crazy people that I that I check on Twitter every once in a while. I've weeded myself away from them all, except for one or two. And the one who's a huge Lois fan and no white cis het male writer will ever understand Lois. So get women in there. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But so she hates Bendis. She hates everything to do with Superman. The whole thing that's going on right now. So her tweets were like going on and on and on. And I'm like, okay, you know what? You want to argue, you want to argue this point, you want to argue that point, you want to argue this point, I can't. But then she goes, and how dare Brian Michael Bendis sexualize a 10-year-old boy, Jonathan Kent, when he says that he's got something in his dresser drawer. Obviously, Brian Michael Bendis is saying that Jonathan Kent is hiding porn in his dresser drawer. He's a 10-year-old child, for Christ's sake. And I'm like... Who the fuck hides porn in a drawer anymore? Like, well, if he had said, if he had said, I needed to clean my browser, maybe, but but a stroke mag in this day and age. Well, the Kents are, uh, you know, they're old fashioned. They are. They like their porn the old fashioned way. That's right. So I was like, oh my god, lady, you're fucking crazy. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe he found a magazine in the woods, like any uh, respectable. Uh, person of that age. Yes. Who doesn't love a stash of of forest porn? Well, that's where uh, that's you know that's where uh, most people. It's, you're not aware of this phenomenon, Todd? No, I'm not. So, growing up, um, I this is a story that I thought was just something with me. Uh, this is Long Box Heroes After Dark, episode 190, by the way. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll do a, uh, an edit there at the beginning to uh, protect your uh, your dignity. But right. I, as a young, you know, as you know, you would just, you'd ride your bikes. And by my house, uh, you know, where I lived growing up, it, there was like a dead end that would go to go to the woods go to, like, the railroad tracks, then you would cross a bridge across, uh, you know, river, and then you would go up a hill, and you would go to the, uh, the, the, the Kmart and Music. Right. By your, uh, is that the, is that where the, um, Long John Silvers you go to is? Or is that? No, the, the Long John Silvers I go to is by the Viewmont Mall. Oh, okay, that's right, that's right, I forget that there's the one up there. So, anywho. You know, we would go and hang out, and, you know, you'd build forts, you'd play hide-and-seek with people, and then every now and then, <laughs> you would come across, uh, you know, someone's discarded uh, magazine. Yes, like Field and Stream. Right. Well, it was it was <laughs> in the field, and it was by a stream, and I'm treading carefully, because people are still awake in my house. That's right. And... I vividly remember, maybe at that age that Jonathan Kent is at, mm-hmm. finding, it was like, it wasn't like a porno magazine. It was just like a bunch of naked people hanging out, both men and women. A nudist magazine. A nudist magazine. There you go. See, now, all joking aside, yes. I have found plenty of porn in the woods. Right. See, there you as go. As a matter so. of fact, as a matter of fact, 
one of my biggest porn stashes as a younger person. Right. I came across somebody who obviously dumped a small truckload of porn in the woods. Right. And, you know, it was all the good stuff, you know? It was Hustler, Penthouse, straight up like, you know, intercourse stuff. There was some bondage ones. I'm trying to think. There was a little bit of everything. Uh, Plumpers was in there. Like, you know, all the good stuff. <laughs> so my, what I'm saying is, Todd, mm-hmm. is maybe, and I thought this was just me, but then listening to podcasts uh, hosted by or with guests of my age or a little bit older, a little bit younger, and I would hear people with similar tales of, finding stashes of those magazines in the woods. And I would feel relieved because, one, it wasn't just me. And then, Mm -hmm. two, it would make me wonder why this phenomenon is such a thing. Right. Why would you... First of all, why are you getting rid of this? Well, those magazines are expensive. Right. Well, what if it's not the person who bought them, but what if you had, you know, porn-addicted cousin Steve dies and now you just have a house full of porn you're like take it out to the woods and get rid of it because if you throw it in the garbage can otto the garbage man might find it you could tastefully and discreetly wrap those things up or you could Mm -hmm. even send them off to be burned but you mentioned that todd Mm -hmm. and uh i I bring it up because we've talked about on the show um my my brother passed earlier this year. Right. And I've discussed in the show a couple times about some of the issues that he had um, with his drinking and the psychosis that it would bring on and mm-hmm. this sort of thing. And there was one time I was called to his house and this was, oh my goodness, maybe about three years ago. And he was afraid that the aliens were coming for him. And he needed to get everything out of his house. And by (laughs) everything, Todd, I mean two 100 spindles of DVD porn. Ah. The aliens do want the porn. Right. So what am I supposed to do with this? I just threw it all in the dumpster on the drive home. Whose dumpster? The like the I, I threw it in the garbage at my house. I put them in a bag. Oh, okay. Well, you said a dumpster. Yeah, right. Well, again, I, I threw them in the I threw them in, a, in the trash bin in the in, to be not to be recycled or anything. I put them in a bag and I just threw them away. Gotcha. And if anyone had any questions, you know, it is what it is. Yep. I should have thrown That's, them in the woods. There you go. <laughs> That's like I never got. To, I only started the beginning of it. It was a great, uh, from Warren Zevon's autobiography or autobiography. I can't remember which one. Um, if he wrote biography. himself. Well, I don't remember. Oh, okay. But I do, I do remember some of it might have been told through the, his eyes or th- through the sun's eyes. But I only remember reading the beginning of it. And the son said when he died, when he was very sick because he had cancer and everything, he said, no matter what you do, I need you to go to my house and throw away all the porn, and I guess, like, he passed out or whatever. And the son's like, you know, in this day and age, who cares about having porn? You know what I mean? And he goes to the house, and he finds the stash, and he's like, oh, these are all movies with my father. He doesn't mean his porn collection. He means the porn he made. So he's like, I definitely got on top of getting rid of that. 
Ugh. Can only imagine. Some hot Warren Zevon porn. Mmm, werewolf of Funden. Oh, it was a stretch, Todd. <laughs> yep. So is the movie Werewolf of Funden, if you right. know what I mean. Um, yeah, so I, again, I think maybe that's, as we were talking, is maybe that's what Jonathan Kent had uh, on one of the many adventures. Now, I wasn't reading the book, and I don't know if Clark took Jonathan on, like, an adventure to see Swamp Thing or some such thing. Oh, yes. And before Swamp, before he leaves the forest or the swamp, the bayou or whatever Swamp Thing was at the time, Superman's like, all right, I'm leaving. And, uh... Swamp Thing is like, hold on, Jonathan, one second. And he just hands him, like, an old shoebox. <laughs> oh. And he gives him, like, a wink. And uh, Swamp Thing is a modern-day Johnny Porno seed, spreading <laughs> issues of Cherry and Wee and Hustler and throughout the Oof. DC universe. That would be fantastic. I'm trying to figure out who would be the who would be the porn king of the DC universe. Booster Gold. Booster Gold. I like to think it would be King Snake. Oh, King Snake. <laughs> yeah. I think he'd be the star of most of them. Oh, okay. Right. So we actually have an agenda here, Todd. We do? We Those do. Those are the best. I love derailing your agendies. That's okay. It was derailed before the show technically began. Mm-hmm. So you, this past weekend, and I figured we'd put this here because it looks to be a jam-packed show this week. Right. And if you listen to the show, maybe you know this or not. Uh, you, this past weekend, with our good buddy DJ, went to the Garden State Comic Book Convention. Comic Fest. Comic Fest. Mm-hmm. So... Let's talk about the trip. How was it? Just you and DJ? How was the ride? Let's go through it all. Right. Well, first let's of all, it was just your day. Well, let's start my night before. Okay. Getting my little notebook let ready with my comics that I need, and making sure I have my sketchbook in my bag. And now cons to me are Christmas, Joe. So I have trouble get like if I know there's an artist that I want to get something from, I have trouble sleeping. It is like Christmas. So. You know, there it is. I've got all my stuff ready. I'm watching TV at night. I'm trying to fall asleep. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Somewhere in there I fell asleep. So 2 o'clock, in between 2 and 3 o'clock. So I'm waking up um, at – I want to wake up at like 6.30 so I can get a little after 6 maybe so I can get ready to go, get on the road by 7 because it takes me a half hour to get to DJ's house, uh, get on the road for 8 to be there for a little before 10. Like we figure it's an hour and a half from DJ's house. You have a half hour to play with traffic. I'm like, I don't have to be that early, but you never know. Beer truck overturns, you got problems. So I wake up, I wake up late, but I still manage to get to – DJs and because we were leaving so early the bagel place wasn't open so I had to buy a bagel the day before and prepare it at my house which was okay which is fine what, um, well it was because it was Sunday but I would assume it's a bagel place it serves breakfast be open early well they know their business and they open they open weekdays for people who have to go to work to get uh, breakfast early at six. Saturday they open at 7, and for some reason Sunday they open at 8. 
So I had a, we were, I was getting on the road to go to DJs at seven. The lady told me if I was there at seven 30, they would have let me in, but, uh, they, they don't get there much earlier than that. So I, I got a bagel ready and I put it in the toaster oven and, and made it the, the next day. So luckily I got my bagel breakfast, got to DJs. Uh, we got on the road and it was just me and him. And it was like a straight shot. You go through the water gap and everything, uh, Smooth ride, lots of just discussing what we were looking for, uh, you know, like what we were planning to get, talking about the comics. He was talking about Green Lantern. I, I, uh, got him into Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps and he read some of it and he's really enjoying it. Sh- shit like that, you know, good time. We got to the con a good half hour before it opened and we were like the only people, uh, outside. So it was like us and like, Eight other people. There was a, uh, a Deathstroke cosplayer wandering around bothering people. And we just waited until the doors opened and, and in we go. And that's when I found out it was at an ice skating rink. Ooh. So it was very cool inside. And they were going to have cos playing, uh, ice skating later uh, that I, we didn't get to, we didn't stay for. Or they had it the night before. I don't know. I just know there was cos playing ice skating somewhere in the arena. I wish, you know, we could have stayed for that, but no mark photos with any of the cosplayers? No, I don't I don't usually go for that. Um gotcha. and they were they were low rent cosplayers, you know what I mean? <laughs> they were like they were like, Hey, I have a sock that's that I painted orange on one side, I'm Deathstroke. Wow. <laughs> so whatever. I don't that's fun, but don't don't bother me. So we went and it was 10 o'clock when the doors opened. I wanted to get a Mark photo with either the A-Team van or Kit. Right. But I didn't. Uh, I think you could have just walked up and took a picture. I didn't see anybody there. But whoever had the Kit uh, car was selling shirts of, hey, I'm like, I have a Kit replica car. I don't know if that's legal or not. <laughs> So I didn't buy any. I was going to buy you one for Christmas. But. I think as long as it doesn't have a likeness of David Hasselhoff on it, I think they're okay. You mean Nick, the original Nick Fury? My Nick Fury. That's right. The, the one true Nick Fury. Yes. But uh, so we went in, and uh, right off the bat, I was like, okay, I want to get my sketches, and then uh, we can go. So I went straight to, uh, and this is giving away next week's Art Attack, uh, but uh, Tom Mandrake was there who is who had done with ostrander he had done uh trying to think uh, martian manhunter and he did specter and he's done i think a detective or batman run. i can't remember which one because they're pretty much interchangeable batman or detective so i was lucky to be his first uh sketch of the day oh, cool. so he was able so he was able to get me right in and dj bought a page which was was an art attack which if i had gotten there sought first I would have totally bought it out from under him for how cheap it was. <laughs> it was totally an awesome page for two digits. Ooh. I'm not going to say what he paid, but it was under a hundred. So that's so a good like, deal. Oh, it is a good deal. So I let him have my sketchbook, and I didn't want to bother him too much because he, uh, you know, he would let him do it. And then at one point, while I was walking away, I heard him because it was, I guess, his wife was there, and his son and his daughter were with him, who both who all draw apparently. And he had lost his wallet or he left it in the car. So he looked disheveled trying to figure out whether where his wallet was. So I was like, eh, I'll go off and and wander around. And DJ's are off wandering around. And I would say just to give you 
a, a gist of the size of it. Let's just say it was like twice the size of our local Scranton Con. Okay. So, like, you know, with some decent big names, like Billy Tucci was there, and uh, an, uh, obviously Tom Mandrake, and another name that I'll get to in a little while. So uh, we, we, we wandered the floor. Most of them were, hey, I have comics for sale for a dollar, but here's 34 long boxes. Why don't you go through them? Okay, I'll go through the first one. This should be A. Oh, wait, here's a Q. Wait, the next book's an X. The next one's an A. Oh, they're all like this. So you don't even have them, me and Deej were talking, you don't even have them in A, like out of alphabetical order, A, B, C. It's just mishmash. I'm like, all right, you don't get my money. You don't get my money. Infuriating to me. And I know DJ, who used to be the king of the back issue boxes, the the Mm -hmm. back issue bins, as they were, uh, that infuriates him as well. It infuriates me, too. Yes. So he's good, but he's doing some some of them might have been a little better i don't know but i i was like you're not getting any of my money and then we found a guy who had dollar books everything in alphabetical order anything that started with a number in the name was in a number section i was like this guy this guy's got his shit going on so i told dj what i found i'm like give it up with these guys let's go and he already had you know how dj is he's already got a stack and when i mean a stack i don't know how high like it's gonna take you two hands to to walk around with it and I'm like, he's like, really? All in order? Like, let's go. And I went. I found about 15 to 20 books that I need. And they were all just random, random bullshit. Like, oh, here's a super Peter David Supergirl number 10 that I don't know why I don't have it. I read the entire run when it came out. I don't know why I'm missing an issue. Why am I missing an, a, a Jeff John Stars and Stripe issue 8 when I have them all? I don't know. Does, does that ever pop up with you, Joe? Uh, it, it used to. Where, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked before how back in the day you would buy, or I would buy, like, an entire, like, block of books or a lot of, like, 30 or 40 books mm-hmm. uh, when I was trying to fill in stuff like Sandman Mystery Theater, Justice League International, Sandman, things of that nature, where I would buy, like, a run of, like, 40 books because I needed 26 of them. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones were just like, oh, let's start making another set. So in doing all of that, I'm like, well, I got the full set because, you know, the listing here said it had all of these, the listing here said it had all of these, and the listing here said it had all of these. And when I combine all three of these, it's going to give me issues 1 to 75. And then when Mm -hmm. you actually get them and go through them, you're like, shit, it's missing like two issues. Right. Because just as um, haphazardly as things are put together in person, those people are just as haphazardly online. Right. Well, I'm talking about stuff like I was collecting Supergirl by Peter Davis. Um, for me, that was a lot of stuff that when my wife was reading books mm-hmm. and she would let things pile up and then give them back to me and stuff would get misplaced. There were issues of Secret Six and Fables that I had to buy two to three times each. Wow. Because I would lose them give them to her and she would just disappear them somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then as I'm going through my, like, I'm like, Oh, it's like the yearly time or the quarterly time that I rearrange my books. And I'm like, why am I missing like randomly issue 16 of secret six? Let me go check upstairs in the pile. That's in April's room. Flip, 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 nothing there. Son of a bitch. Where is it? Go through all my books again. It's missing. I go pick up another copy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was missing that one. I don't know where it went to. I was reading that. So I give it back to her. Then it disappears again. 
But Fables and Secret Six are the two that I would books would just disappear, and it was all April's fault, not my fault. I'm organized. Hopefully, she's asleep by now. I well, I th- it's the the roar in my house has died down, so <laughs> to a dull tremor. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we were doing that, and then we were pretty much you know booked out. Uh, we got it around twelve ish. Um, so we, that, now we decided to go back out to the car. We got a nice close parking spot, even though the, uh, the parking lot wasn't huge. Um, so we ran out and we were putting stuff in the car. DJ was, you know, crossing stuff off his list to make sure if he went back in, he didn't double up on anything. And that's when we decided to have our, 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 our small snack. Um, I had brought both crackers with peanut butter and fig newtons. So me and Deej were joking that we became fig buddies. And, uh, forever, we, you know, cause we shared packets of fig newtons and that became a real running gag on the ride home was that we were fig buddies. And the only way you could become a fig buddy was to eat fig newtons with the people who are fig buddies. So like, if you wanted to become a fig buddy, this, we way overthought this. If you wanted to become a fig buddy, you had to eat fig newtons with me and DJ. But then if somebody else wanted to become a fig fig buddy, they had to eat fig newtons with me, DJ, and you. So as the fig buddies got bigger, it got harder to become one because then you'd have to get everybody together and eat fig newtons. Unless someone died, then that's okay. Then you didn't have to, like, go to their grave and eat fig newtons. They just passed away. And whoever was left, you'd have to eat fig newtons with and become a fig buddy. You would leave, like, a pack of fig newtons on their tombstone? Probably, yes. But, uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna try and make that a thing. Um, but it won't become a thing. So, but to me, it was just completely amusing. And I kept cracking Deej up whenever I'd mention it. Um, so then, now it was early. It was like, like, you know, these small shows, you can't stay late. So we're deciding to, to wrap it up. So now I decided to go for my second, uh, thing that I was there for. And that was to go see good old Keith Giffen and get a sketch off of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I know this is probably the story you've been waiting for, Joe. Uh, it uh, is, because I've got, well, anyway, go ahead. So we, we go over, and he has a sign on the thing. He's like, I, uh, Keith Giffen will be, you know, sketching. This is how much a head sketch is. This is how much a torso, like, torso up to the head is. This is how much a full body is. Um, if, if it's ambush bug or lobo, uh, you know, that'll be fine. Anybody else, please have reference because, you know, he doesn't, he didn't draw like everybody at DC at the time. He's like, but lobo and ambush bug will be no problem. Um, some other stuff like on him, he was, the first couple sketches or first signatures were free. Maybe the first one. Then after that, they were charging. But if they were witnessed for books for CGC, then it was a charge unless it was like Omega men three, which is the first appearance of Lobo. Then I think that was even more or whatever. Like he was like, you know, if you're, cause that gets your books more expensive when you sell. So I was like, ah, I'm not here for any of that. So he came over. He was alone. He's in the he's in a, like a a, a a faded red Hawaiian shirt that's like buttoned down, like but like a button down, but it's wide open. He has a t-shirt on, and uh, he's just looking like Keith that we met, but much older and super thin. Right. Um, so he walks over, and I'm like, uh, can I uh 
get a, you know, I'm looking to get a head sketch off you. And he's like, okay, okay. Um, I said, do you remember how to draw Lobo? And he's like, yeah, I remember how to Lobo. I created Lobo. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm kidding. I read the thing. And he's like, yeah, that's great. As long as you don't ask me to draw anybody from Justice League International. I never drew that book. And everybody asked me to draw something from Justice League International. And I'm like, well, you did draw that book. And he's like, what? Like, oh yeah, well, I did that one issue. And I'm like, yeah, because I remember in New York, we argued. I said I wanted something from JLI. You did this ambush bug quick doodle for me years ago. But I asked you for JLI, and you're like, I never did that book. And I'm like, but you did. I own a page from it, Mr. Giffen. And he's like, yeah, 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 I did do it. It was a crossover with with Suicide Squad or something. I, rem- I do remember. And he's like, and you know what? He goes, back in that era, when I drew something, you know what that meant? That the artist fucked up. <laughs> He goes, it meant, you know, that the artist fucked up because I didn't, I didn't want to draw. He goes, you know what happened with Invasion? Do you think I wanted to draw Invasion issue three? No, the artist fucked up, so I had to finish it. So, right? <sighs> so we're like, oh, okay. And he's like, oh, and, uh, you know, uh, like, and, and that didn't just happen with, with drawing. You remember, like, writing? You remember Green Lantern, Emerald Dawn? I'm like, yeah. He goes, he goes, that was another writer tanked out in the middle of the first issue. I get a call in on a, a weekend. I bang out one through six of Emerald Dawn. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I handed in on Monday. And that's one of their biggest Green Lantern stories ever. And we're like, we're like, oh, my God. He's, he's like, he's, him. Yeah, he's like, he's like uh, you know, you got 20 cents. You got to let the jukebox play. You know that's right. I mean? So it was like it was just like that, and he was talking about. Uh, I think he mentioned. I don't remember if he mentioned it here or I heard him say it on the floor. Was that he and people asked him to draw Rocket Raccoon, and he only drew Rocket Raccoon once, but he's fine with the royalty checks because he was the first one to draw Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> so that means he gets creator. Uh, he gets creator credit on it, so he gets all the the. Uh, the, the the royalties and stuff like that good and then him, i yeah good for him and then i was like yeah well i wanted to get a oh and early on i'm like i'd like to get a head sketch because i know you you normally don't do them and he's like yeah i don't like drawing anymore but uh spencer beck is his art rep who does like he sells pages and stuff like that he's like but these guys they want me to do it they push me so yeah i said yeah i'm doing it and this is the last of the four cons that I'm doing it. And then after that, I'm going to decide whether I want to do it anymore. So it's like, so you're lucky you got in now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Mr. Giffen. <laughs> Thanks. And at this point, me and DJ, we're just having a blast. And I don't remember, I get, I should hang out more and talk, but I feel like I've given you my money. You've given me my sketch. I want to get out of the way in case there's anybody else. Right. But there was nobody because what he was charging for sketches was a bit steep, especially for like a Scranton slash New Jersey comic fest. Con. Sure, sure. So I was like all alone there. And I don't know if he did any any else over the weekend, to tell you the truth. Um, but I just found it like it made me want one more knowing that in three cons he might not be doing them anymore. Sure. And even though I have the ambush bug sketch, I really wanted a Lobo. And he did a Lobo for me. And I think it's a very minimalist style, but it looks gorgeous. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's his style. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, that isn't his style. And I've seen some of them that he's done 
Uh, my, and I'm not saying this because it's mine. I'll show you when I see uh, um, some of the other ones that he's done. And I think that they don't stand up as well as this one. And even me and DJ were like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll draw. And he put the book down. And he's like, he's almost, he looked like he was almost afraid to touch the paper with the pen. And me and DJ were like, oh, he's just going to three, like three lines and an eye and be done. But it was kind of like he was where he wanted to start. Like, and then I figured out it was like, am I doing a profile? Am I doing a straightforward? And then once he hit it, it was like, boom, bang, boom, bang, boom, bang. Like it was done. And I was like, oh, this looks really nice. And I was like, oh, man, it's it was really quick. But in the end, like, as I look at it more and more, I could see what he did and almost what him not drawing, like, a minimalist style, like, not, the, the empty space helps what he was. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but he did a really good job. And the more I look at it, the more I love the piece that I have. And I'm happy that I got a chance to talk with uh, Keith again. And me and DJ didn't get the picture because I'm too old to be squatting down in front of tables. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm glad you uh, had a fun experience with uh, Keith Giffen. Yeah. I think he's much happier. He's more amicable when you hand him a sweaty fistful of twenties. Right. Um, than he is when you're not buying his vexed comics. Oh, did you bring that up? <laughs> no. DJ nudged me before we got there. He's like, you can ask him about vexed. Like, no. Wasn't he also doing like a like a graphic novel esque thing of the Bible for Penthouse comics or something at the same time as well? Uh- I forget that I don't remember. I think that might have been something he was doing at the time as well. It's funny because um, I'm getting caught up in my podcast and I'm listening to one uh, and one of the one of the guys. They're talk. I guess they're going to be at Terrificon. It's, yes, uh, John Suntress who does Word Balloon. He interviews all. He just had like a big Bendis interview come out this week. He interviewed Mark Wade last week about like Mark Wade. Like Mark Wade's like, oh, here's the books I'm working on, and then let's spend two hours talking about like all the nonsense that's been going on online mm-hmm. with people and comics and things. And I'm like, Oh boy, this is heavy, but <laughs> right. he's like, Oh, you know, the whole gang is going to be there at a uh, terrific con, right? You know, it's him and like art and Franco, the tiny Titans guys. And he's going down the list and he sees Keith Giffen's going to be there. And he calls Keith Giffen the JD Salinger of comics. Mm. I don't know what that means, but I just thought it was funny as I'm listening to the episode. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get to hear my, uh, Keith Giffen story from Todd today. It made me happy. Right. Do you know, you don't know about J.D. Salinger? Uh, maybe I do. He just disappeared. He was like an old curmudgeon who never wanted to talk to anybody after he did his, his books. Um, but I was, we were discussing as we discussed on the main show this week with, with the passing of Steve Ditko, Mm -hmm. does that make Keith Giffen or Alan Moore, Comic book's most lovable curmudgeon. If you threw in lovable. Right. I don't think Steve Ditko was lovable. What? He created Spider-Man. he certainly Spider-Man. was a curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore takes curmudgeon to a new level. Right. I would say that Keith Giffen is and has always been comic's lovable curmudgeon. Okay. Steve Ditko, I don't know, I think he was lovable curmudgeon. He just, like, you know how, like, he's just angry all the time, but he's old, so you have to love that? So he had that, you know what I mean? Like, but that was what me and DJ were discussing 
on the way down was who would be comic books most lovable curmudgeon now that uh Ditko is gonna so I guess it falls to Keith. It falls to Keith. Right. But then on on the ride home we stopped at White Castle, because that's what I love to do when I can at a Comic Con. Right, that was and the, the other thing that I was gonna ask about was uh the post game meal at White Castle. Yep, and DJ never had White Castle before, so um he really enjoyed it and he was happy that we don't have White Castles near us because he would eat it way more than he should. Yep. But then I told him about the frozen White Castles, which pretty much taste like the White Castles. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, that your frozen food tastes exactly like your fresh food. So, right, but, Well, see, that's the thing. Sure, you can get your sliders mm-hmm. you know, in, a fro- in, in the freezer case of your local grocery store. But what a diverse menu White Castle has. Yes, it does. I was just recently at White Castle myself, maybe about a month or two ago, on my way home from uh, the GCW Deathmatch show that I did the commentary on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I need something to eat. Where am I going to stop to eat on the way home? And I see a White Castle off the exit, so I'm like, let's go to White Castle. And I was shocked to see the selection that they had. The variety was too much. Hamburgers with cheese or without? Oh, no, Todd. They had, on, you want onion rings, you want chicken fingers shaped like onion rings, you <laughs> want the classic, uh, you want the classic slider, but as a vegan style sandwich. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, Todd. It was wild, this menu. Everything was in like super small print, because even though they had like three boards, they had mm-hmm. to fit everything on it. Okay. And I got a variety pack. I got the chicken fingers shaped like onion rings. Uh, I got a cu- I got like four sliders, no cheese. There's a secret to that, and I also got some clam strips. <laughs> oh, if I'd known they had clam strips, I would have got those. Todd, they I'm had a clam huge, strips. I'm a huge clam strips guy. As am I, which is why when I saw them on the menu, I'm like, I gotta get clam strips. So, so we got the ten pack uh, with double with two fries and two drinks. Sure. Because we were going to get the four each, but for less money, you get the five. So we're like, yeah, we're doubling up on that. And then I was like, oh, I got to try not to. It, oh, because you get the you get the extra burger for free. Right. I, actually, I think it's cheaper to get the extra burger. So it'd be it'd be dumb not to. So we got that. And then uh, I got an order of onion rings just because I wanted to try them. Um, the onion rings stayed with me for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> that was good. Uh, but he, like I said, he really enjoyed it. And I, anytime I can go anywhere and stop at a White Castle on the way back, I, I, I will. I totally will. Um, but, and then the ride home was a heavy discussion about Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, good. Yes. Because he had watched. In, adi- for, in addition to being fig pals or whatever the hell you <laughs> yeah, Fig buddies. Fig buddies. Fig buddies. So we were discussing that he, for no reason, a week before we announced what the movie would be, was just bored in bed watching HBO on his tablet trying to fall asleep. So he said, I do not want to figure out what genre or what, you know, thing I want. So I'm just going to go in alphabetical order and pick the first movie that I like. Yeah, I would watch that no matter what it is. Adventures of Ford Fairlane's in the A's, Joe. (laughs) 
So we watched it, and then we discussed how, at the peak of 90s, what his jokes were and how we could have been writers for his We We made up a few new Ford Fairlane jokes for him, and we were doing his bit. And then the rest of the way home was us doing, like, and then I bought comics. Oh! <laughs> like for no Isn't it reason. fun? Isn't it fun to yeah, be dice? Yeah, we're like, and you're driving the car, we get white kisses. No reason at all. On the ride home, and we were discussing. I told them how I broke down who who uh, Kyle Troy was. We right. had a great discussion. So, yeah, and then... Um, yeah, so that, that was the, the trip I got to his house. Michelle was supposed to maybe go with us, right. but she decided to sleep in and not go. And when we, I got there, she was, she was going out and I, I scolded her for not going with us. Cause I think she would have had fun, but then maybe we wouldn't have discussed dice clay all the way home. No, Michelle's game for pretty much anything. No, she is. She's a great gal. Yep. And I also came up with a slogan for their relish business. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, basically it was because I don't know what they're going to call it. So I just call it Michelle and DJ's relish. And I was going to say that they have to like have this whole thing where they're, they're making relish at the house. And then, um, you know, it's all, when they're all done, they're like, remember we're Michelle and DJ, we relish you. And you have to do like the arm point. And everything horrible. Like that. It's great. It is going to go over huge. We relish you don't worry it'll it'll be fine so then she said when they go into business together and they make it big i'm the only one who's not gonna have to pay for relish so because i'm there i'm i'm there uh i'm their business something i forget what it was but i'm happy about that anytime you don't have to pay for anything you're happy i am i like free i like free stuff so i had a good time dj had a good time we were hoping you would come along, but once again, you were all, oh, my kid comes before Todd. Ugh. Well, one, I was never Ugh. invited, and two, Bull- I, bullshit. Was, I was, bullshit. Uh, I went to go see Ant-Man, and I was playing Pokemon. <sighs> two men. <laughs> Ant-Man and Pokemon. That's right. You were invited, though, son. Nah, I don't, I don't recall that, but anyway. Of course. Just like I was invited to go see, uh, go to C2E2 with you. But they moved the date on me. I had the other date off. Not to blow the bit on the other show, but. I invited you. Rearrange my schedule now. Uh, we, I invited you to see Genesis of the Daleks with the Fourth Doctor when they were doing that at the movie theater. You wouldn't go? Oh, that I remember you inviting me. Oh, and by the way, your White Castle Vader not kabuki sting thing was one of the fucking worst things i've ever seen in my entire life one of the all right one first of all it's not a fucking white castle it's a cave in a mountain there's no white castle he took a helicopter there oh my god it was so bad oh my god oh and i watched it and then and then why was steven regal at the end without british mr fuji Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't watch that particular iteration because I've seen it so many times. I didn't need to watch it again. It was just like, oh, somebody mentioned White Castle. Boop, boop. And just send it <laughs> off. Um, no, that was at the time where World Championship Wrestling was attempting to combat the World Wrestling Entertainment uh, by being a little, by, by trying to, by trying to take them onto the entertainment game. 
And that was one of three mini movies that they did. Sting mm-hmm. is in all of them. Uh, there was a, another one that featured Jake the Snake Roberts oh, and boy. Sting meeting in a CD bar. Now, was there a was there a little person in the White Castle of Fear video? Yes, there was. He kept saying something over and over what? again, and uh, I think he was asking for somebody's phone number and. I don't know, and I wouldn't be his friend anymore. So he has a name, that little person. His name is, his name is Cheatham. He and Sting are the two through lines through all three of the mini-movies. Oh, that's not Hornswoggle? No, it's not Hornswoggle. I think Hornswoggle oh. was like seven when those movies were made. I don't know. All right. So uh, Cheatham, the midget, little person, is the through line through all three of the mini-movies. There's the White Castle of Fear, which you saw. There's the one for Halloween Havoc, Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, where Jake the Snake Roberts asks Sting to meet him uh, at the CD bar, where they spin a wheel, which has 12 different options for a match on it, and then the, the video ends with the two of them facing off with each other, it going to a freeze frame, and them shooting lasers at each out of their eyes at each other, and then explodes into the Halloween Havoc logo. And then there's another one where uh, Vader, Big Van Vader, and uh, this one... This is the I should have sent you this one, even though it's unrelated to the White Castle of Fear and White Castle Hamburgers. Uh, it's to hype up the Beach Blast pay-per-view, uh, where Sid, Sid Vicious... Uh, is uh, that Meat Boot? That's Meat Boot. And <laughs> okay. Big Man Vader. R.I.P. Uh, 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 just so man, you know... What was that? Big Van Vader, the inventor of the Lunar Pepper. That's right. Uh, and their respective managers, uh, Harley Race and uh, Colonel Robert Parker, host a press conference to announce themselves officially as the masters of the power bomb. For some oh. reason, word of this gets back to Sting and the British Bulldog, who are playing volleyball on the beach with a bunch of orphan children. <laughs> okay. Sid and Vader, with their respective managers, then show up at the beach wearing their full wrestling gear, except for Vader, instead of wearing boots, is wearing, like, big, like, high-top fade sneakers, and Sid, wearing his full wrestling gear and flip-flops, show up and to issue the challenge in person uh, to sit, to Sting and Davey Boy Smith, but this challenge is a distraction, so Cheatham, the midget, who just has a shark fin on his back, is swimming in the ocean, plants a bomb on Sting and Davey Boy Smith's boat which they're going to take the orphans out for a ride in the boat after they're done playing volleyball. Oh no, I hope the orphans are okay. Sting and Big Van or Sting and Davy Boy Smith kind of blow them off. They're like, "Hey, get out of here. We're with these orphan children." They leave. Volleyball game's over. They bring the orphan children on the boat. The boat <gasps> goes out to sea. We <gasps> see an explosion off in the distance. Oh, to be continued at the pay-per-view. And then they never follow up on it. We don't know if the orphans die or not, but Sting and Davy Boy Smith were okay. I would assume it was because of their heavily steroided bodies. I think they used the orphans as padding. That's right. As a bomb deflector. I think the living will envy the dead. <laughs> That's right. So, oh. so this ended up being a little bit longer of an after dark than I thought, but that's okay because we got some good stories out of it. That's right. And I, Harley Race was an eight-time champion. That's right. Eight-time. remember that. Eight-time. Eight-time champion. Harley so, Race, the eight-time champion. Ugh. Next week is Todd's announcement of what our next soon-to-be-named movie topic thing is going to be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Todd, I'm letting you know, 
more and more people are coming out of the woodwork suggesting movies for me to make you watch. Oh, boy. And I'm telling them all no. I say, I can't. You have a list. The list? Well, because you stole Dragnet from me. Right. Number six ends up being a floating item. Mm -hmm. About three weeks ago, that floating item became more solidified. It went from a (laughs) gaseous immediately to a solid state. It skipped liquid altogether. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, That happens to me a lot. I go from a gaseous to a solid state. Right. But more and more people are like, oh, you should do this movie. Make Todd watch this. Oh, he'd really enjoy watching. Or I get a kick out of making you, uh, you making him watch this. And I appreciate everyone making these suggestions. All great, fantastic suggestions. At the end of the year, I will tell what these movies are and why I unfortunately could not choose them. Okay. One in particular, if I made you watch it, I think you would probably no longer be my friend, and it would end the podcast. It probably would. Right, it would. And just for the record, my complete... Just because you haven't been having any fun with my movies other than Dragnet... Right. I've completely changed the way I'm going about this good. now. So, I know, because you, you don't understand good cinema, so... I pick... Right, listen, let's not get into this argument again with how great my movies are and how subpar yours were, except for... Dragnet, which was on my list. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. This makes up for last week's episode that was short. When you put the two episodes together, it's like two normal episodes of After Dark. Right. That was my plan all along. My plan, too. Soon to be named network.com, uh, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, uh, longboxheroes.com. Catch you next week. Bye. <laughs>